Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. healing modality junkie looking for the latest techniques to heal yourself well look no more my friends when it comes to healing there is no trying only allowing we are all healers you don't have to be the chosen one nor do you have to be the gifted one all you must do is to recognize that we are all enlightened we are light and this is why we cannot become it All healing techniques are designed to self-dissolve, but the biggest challenge in healing is the simplicity of it. When you don't know where to start, you've already begun. Freedom from doing allows you to facilitate and receive the healing you have always been looking for, even if you haven't known exactly what that healing is. Our special guest today is Dr. Eric Pearl. Dr. Eric Pearl walked away from one of the most successful chiropractic practices in Los Angeles when he and others started witnessing miraculous healings. Today with his partner, Gillian Fleer, are the preeminent visionary authorities on a new level of healing and life evolution on this planet, sharing the light and information of reconnective healing and the reconnection appearing on countless television programs around the world, speaking at the UN, presenting at Madison Square Garden, and his seminars featured in publications such as the New York Times. And their newest book, The Direct Path to Healing, gives you the keys to the best kept secret you'll ever unveil. A happy, loving, healthy, and healed you. It's now time to tune into this one, very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So good morning or good afternoon or good evening. It depends on what side of the world you are sitting right at this moment. We have another special guest for you and I'm super excited. We have Dr. Eric Pearl. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love, you know, when I, when I do my, um, Wednesday Instagrams. I open with good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good whatever you want. But then I haven't stopped to think about, then that depends on our definition of good, but we won't even go there. Yes, I know it's true, right? But it is always good. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you even say that because quite often when you ask somebody, how are you going today? They always go automatically default position, good, without right. even thinking about it. Right. Like, yeah. Not only do they go there to good without even thinking about it, 
but then you've got they've got their own interpretation of what good is yeah and so often good is what we think we want and we stop right there instead of pausing but is what i think i want really in the bigger picture in the scope of things what i truly want Mm. I always get, especially when I'm running classes, I always ask them to use a word and to stand in their truth and really say it as it is. And sometimes I'm tired, I'm excited, I'm frustrated. Uh, so it's really interesting when you say, let go of the good. What are you really feeling? It's interesting the words are bubble up. Mm. They do. They really yeah. do. And when we talk about, as you said, sometimes I'm tired, sometimes I'm sad sometimes i'm frustrated and yet that's never really who you are it's what we're experiencing in that moment and when we say you know i'm tired we feel tired i'm angry i'm sad i'm frustrated we feel angry sad or frustrated but we're feeling our experience which is temporary comes and goes and um even when we're looking for certain kind of healings we're not really looking for healing most of the time we're looking for what our ego wants, which is symptom relief. I want to get rid of this pain. I want to fix that. I want to do the other. And all of these things are experiences. So I like to share with people, during the reconnective healing experience, a lot gets, to use your word earlier, from earlier, unpacked. A lot is shown to us that, doesn't come through words because words are form and the infinite experience is formless. So words are like kind of difficult, clumsy little things that we sort of try to point to something, but we can't really describe um, through that. And so I say, well, all right, so say I am angry and what do you feel? And they say, angry. Of course. So you want to play that game? Play that game with us, Catherine, for a moment uh, for people. I would, I would love to play that game. And then we'll go into your story. Go for it. Okay. So say I am angry. I am angry. And everyone watching and listening, just pick something and say, I am angry or frustrated or whatever you want to say. And so we feel angry in that statement. Now, if we pause and say, I am and lower the volume on angry. Try that. I am angry. Right. So the feeling of anger tends to get softer. Then we can say, I am, pause a little longer and say angry softer. I am angry. Pretty soon the attention leaves from the angry aspect. Now just say, I am. I am. How do you feel? I feel like there is definitely more energy. And I just felt my heart just opened up when I said, I am, with no other labels. You know why? why? Because you are. Because that's our name. That's who we are. We're recognizing, revealing ourselves to ourselves, even in, in this little 
exercise, interaction. I am. And we allow ourselves to experience the peace that we are, the love that we are, the happiness, the the infinite, limitless existence that we are. And suddenly we realize that all those experiences that we focus on, on, you know, angry, annoyed, sad, that they come and go because experiences have a beginning, a middle, and an end. But we don't. We say, well, yes, we do. We're born, we live, we die. Well, that's that's our finite physical experience. So Catherine, who we're looking at here, Eric, who we're looking at here, appears to be born, grow up, live, and the body dies. But Catherine existed way before this physical body and will continue to exist afterwards. That's the infinite. So what we discover during the reconnective healing experience is that it is a finite experience, because experiences are that, a finite taste of our infinite being, what we call a glimpse. And uh, we'll touch on that later as we talk. I'm sure I didn't mean to lead us somewhere. I just, you said something that just set me off on a thought and I wanted to share it. I love going with the flow and going with the moment. So the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our guests to share this story. So Dr. Eric Pearl, tell us your story. What inspired you to do what you do today? Inspiration is an interesting word choice for this. Now, many people watching or listening may know this story, so I'll give a contracted version of it because I can actually share this story for hours. Um, I was practicing as a doctor of chiropractic. I was in my 12th year of practice at a very nice, large practice in um, Los Angeles, California. And... um, one day I left my practice one night, Friday night, went home as usual and just me in the house and my dog. And I turned off the light, closed the bedroom door as I did and went to sleep. And about an hour later, I'm awakened in a manner that felt almost rude <laughs> as if someone had walked into my room and turned my bedroom light on. I opened my eyes And the lamp next to my bed had turned itself on. I had had that lamp for 10 years. It had never done it before, but there it was. My bedroom door that I closed when I went to sleep was open. And I thought, oh my God, someone's in my house. So I quietly got up, got my hands on the largest knife I could find, an old empty can of pepper spray from a self-defense course I'd probably taken 15 years before that. And with my Doberman pincher hiding behind me, walked through the house for about 15, 20 minutes, certain that someone was there and couldn't find anyone. And I finally thought, all right, I might as well go back to sleep. I got back into bed, went to turn off that little round knob that turns, you know, table lamps off and on. And it was not clicked into place. I'm a clicker. You know, I've got that little touch of OCD here. Everything's clicked on, clicked off. Drawers are shut. Doors are locked. Toothpaste cap is screwed on. And 
that knob was just rotated enough to ignite the light bulb, but not enough to click it into place. And I knew that wasn't me. And I just said, well, you know what? Whoever it is, if they let me wake up in the morning, they let me wake up, but I'm going to bed. I went into work on that Monday. And as I walked in, my page, no, my employees started saying to me, what happened to you? you? You look so different. You sound so different. What occurred over the weekend? And there were some unusual things that had happened, but I didn't feel like getting into that much of my personal life with them. So I sort of smiled and acknowledged and went in to adjust my first patient of the day. And I would, you know, adjusted down his spine when he was on his stomach, turned him over on his back, finished and told him to close his eyes and relax for half a minute, a minute to let everything settle into place as I always did. And when he opened his eyes, he looked at me and he said, who came into the room while I was lying here? I said, no one, why? He said, no, the person who walked into the room. I said, no one came in. He said, I heard them. I said, they weren't there. They were in the doorway. They weren't there. He said, I felt them. I said, really? No one was here. So he finally said, okay, but you know when someone doesn't really quite believe you. And he did not. Didn't give it much thought. Went in to see my next patient. When I finished, she opened her eyes. She said, who came into the room when I was lying here? I said, nobody. Why? She said, I, I heard someone at the door. No one was there. I felt them. No one was there. I felt like they walked around the room. No one was there. Well, let's just say this was my 12th year in practice. No one had ever said this to me before. And on that one day, seven patients independent of one another, insisted someone came in, stood in the doorway, walked around the room, ran around the room, and two of them actually looked up at the ceiling, a little embarrassed to say, and said it felt like someone was flying around the ceiling. Now, you would think that this would have gotten my attention. Except other patients that day were saying, I can feel your hands before you touch me. And I'm going, oh, yeah, sure you can. Close your eyes. So they'd close their eyes and hold my hands near or just sort of tilted or aimed towards parts of their body. And they'd tell me right shoulder, left ankle. As when their eyes were closed, I'd move my hands near them and their face would twitch and their muscles would move and their fingers would move up and down. And when they opened their eyes, they told me they were seeing colors they'd never seen, smelling fragrances they'd never smelled. And let's just say I, I, at that point in time, I would have pretty much had to have buried my head in the sand to ignore what was occurring. Uh, my um, One of my morning patients that day walked out of the office. And what was unusual about that was that he rolled in on a wheelchair. Um, other people were telling me they were able to see colors when they were colorblind, or I, I can't even think of what was going on. And during the week, I would get calls from um, parents of some of my younger patients saying, you know, my son has multiple sclerosis. My daughter has epilepsy, no more seizures, no more medications. They're walking and running and playing normally. What did you do? I said, I didn't do anything and please don't tell anybody. And of course that went over really big. So um, as that happened, soon media came in and wanted to see what was happening. Science came in, wanted to measure what was going on around what they would call this field. And um, let's just say life happened from there. So someone tapped me rather strongly in the shoulder. That's why I smile at the word inspired. You know, was I inspired? I would say compelled. I would say I had no choice. And when I 
finally had to tell my parents about this about six months into it because the story actually gets stranger um, than what I just shared with you. And I finally had to share that with them. I said, and you know, I just have to do it. I said, well, you don't have to do it. I said, I don't mean I have to do it like someone has a gun to my head. I mean, it's my essence. I have to do this. I love chiropractic. It's, I think it's one of the finest healing arts um, available to us on the planet. And I did it well, really. And I enjoyed it. And then what I eventually called reconnective healing, I didn't want to give it a name because I think names put things in boxes, but um, I finally had to call it something because different people around the world, when they experienced this from me, were calling it by different names and all wanted to attribute it to my name. And it has nothing to do with, with the person. It's a gift. We'll touch on that too. But um, they said, you don't have to do it. I said, no, it's not like there's a gun to my head. I am so compelled. I can't tell you that Chiropractic was the second best thing I could do in my life. In in the way of a you know field of healing and a profession. But when you're doing your second best, you're not really alive. I was no longer even having the feeling of being in my body at that point, as much as patients were getting well and everything else, there was something calling and it was not going to be drowned out or overshadowed by anyone or anything. Wow. 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 I've got so many questions. So this is obviously, <laughs> I, I, I feel like you obviously were the chosen one and this calling that took place, it's not like you did anything. It just happened. And then now you are using this gift, I like to call it superpower, but gift to now heal your patients without doing the chiropractic side of the healing. Is that correct? It looked just the way you describe it to me. And it's not. Um, you know, the, the, the very first, I was talking about it and sharing about it and Hay House, you have a Hay House publishing house in Australia as well too. Hay House asked me to write a book and I did. I said, I don't know how to write a book, but I will. They said, oh, it's very easy. You take the first third of the book and you write about your life and your history leading up to this. You take the second third and you look at, you talk about what it is you take the third portion of it, you do a basic how-to. So I followed their formula. It's called the reconnection, heal others, heal yourself. It's in 40 languages and we've trained over 100,000 plus people around the world how to do this work. And the truth, look, truth is truth is truth. Healing is healing is healing. Reconnective healing has so much essence and truth in it because it sort of dissolves all the limitations the sequestering subsets of healing that our techniques give us. And I'll move into that later. Let's just say, suffice it to say that the ultimate design of technique is, is to self-dissolve. And a lot of our teachers and our teachings sort of 
skip over that point for either not knowing or they have other reasons. Anyhow, um, it looked like that. It looked like this healing came in. It felt like that. Something was coming through my hands. I could feel it. I could play with it. It looks like to me, I was, let's say, a chosen one. I met a lot of people in the healing field who said, oh, I know exactly what you're doing. I'm doing the same thing. I mean, and this was even, you know, when I got to the point where I'd hold my hands by my patients, well, let's not even get in there. They started losing control, letting go of their body and voices coming through them. And that's a whole other thing. It's in the second book. I shared, but let's just say um, it looked like it was something, but it's not. Ultimately, healing is the shared experience of our being, to quote Rupert Spira, for example. It is that beingness, that oneness that we are. Without the division, there is no one special person. And this is, you know, the most difficult thing to grasp about true healing is the sheer simplicity of it all. So our egos make ourselves comfortable by learning complicated techniques and learning bunches of them and then sticking little pieces of paper in 99 cent frames in the walls to show people certificates of what we've learned and mastered and which weekend we spent $250 on and who told us that we were a this or a that master level teacher. Da, da, da. They're pieces of paper. When we allow them to dissolve as they eventually will, when we allow technique in all of its beautifully seductive um, presentations to dissolve, and we no longer need to hide behind that, what is revealed to us is that we are all healers, each and every one of us. What is revealed to us is our very being, and our very being and therefore, our ability to facilitate healers is not on a comparative level. It's not that this person is here, that person is there, I'm only here, they're only there. It's not who has the largest crystal or who looks best in one of those ridiculous pyramid hats. You know, it's not about walking around with clouds strapped to our feet, you know, and, and, and blinking a lot and smiling and having to maintain a quiet, peaceful personality. You can be whoever you are because whoever you are is absolutely perfect. Whether you're loud, brash, and foul-mouthed or whether you want to meditate all day, none of that makes you more or less of the being that you are. The being that you are is infinite. And this is healing. Our recognition that when we look outside, we see 8 billion souls walking around the planet in different ages and hair color and skin color and gender, gender identities and all these things. And we look at them as individuals. We even use that word. Oh, look at all these individuals. They're not any more individual than 
ripples or waves in the ocean. I mean, the fact is you can't pick up a ripple in the ocean, put it in your pocket or put a wave in the truck and drive it home because it's all ocean. It's just how that ocean choose how that part ripple seems to chooses to appear at that moment is large it's strong it's rough it's calm it's but it's just one and we are all just being call it god call it love call it the infinite intelligence of the universe call it that great watermelon in the sky who the hell cares um well people care what we call it but believe me the infinite being does not care it's not confused it doesn't matter it doesn't get angry it doesn't get upset it doesn't care whether you believe in it or not it just is and as we realize that we are this i mean that you are god we are god it's not of the ego i am god it's you know we are all god when we recognize this there's just no levels, no judgment. There is no chosen one. But in case I'm being unclear about that, let me repeat it. There is no chosen one. Whoops. Except I've just chose to shut off that phone that rang on its own, but now it's gone. I chose that one. So, although I, I understand where the concept of you are not the chosen one, but somehow you have been or either open to receiving this information come through so that you can share with others because what you were saying, it's not about the healing because naturally we are healed. It's when you were talking about the dissolving, is this the the things that we carry, whether it's, and there's a lot of talk of trauma, past trauma and, you know, uh, pain from our past and is that what you mean when you're talking about dissolving just letting go of all that because they're just stories we hang on to right it's just baggage so when you're talking about dissolving is that just letting go allowing that that's good i don't know i'm just trying to understand it put into okay i would what i was saying the point i was saying what and you're right i agree with what you're saying technique is designed technique in healing is designed ultimately to self-dissolve if our egos will allow that so energy healing that's a general term right energy is the entirety of energy is a subset of this infinite spectrum of energy light and information so energy is a subset of the infinite you know what what the researchers were finding when they were doing their evaluations, their measurements with what was coming through my hands and what's coming, uh, what they can measure now in anyone and everyone who practices and learns reconnective healing is beyond the energy that we've known, light and information that they hadn't seen before. But it's here now, so it's here. But let's just look at the energy portion of healing. So let's say this whole visual box that we're in on the Zoom screen um, is energy. So I can learn Reiki. So here's my technique approach, and I get this part of the energy, the Reiki part. Of course, there are about, you know, 112 different Reikis. So there's a Reiki here and a Reiki here and a Reiki here, and some of them overlaps and some of them don't. And then there are different Shigans. And then there's Jinshin and Jinshin Jitsu and Jorei. And then there are the new techniques that come out every day with somebody's name attached to it. 
quantum that or mattress the other or you know with with all the little you know protections and the the, the fear-based protections and the rituals to move your hand clockwise and move them counterclockwise and do them this and do them that and of course obviously if you move these techniques clockwise when you're in australia when you're above the equator are we supposed to go counterclockwise it's kind of tricky they don't address those questions a lot and what do you do when you're flying over the equator it just goes up and down but you know so we get lost in a lot of this detail so this is a subset of energy and this reiki and this reiki is a different subset in this shigong and this jinshin and this jo ray and and all the the new techniques and the old techniques are all portions they're contained in gorgeous by gorgeous lovely let's say call them energetic membranes they breathe they're there and they're also divided what reconnective healing does what the reconnection is is it dissolves the illusion of disconnection we're never disconnected the only disconnection is in our not recognizing who we are the only disconnection are the artificially induced portions. So what happens is that reconnective healing dissolves these membranes and all of a sudden what's reconnected is the entirety of healing itself. Whether you've learned some of the techniques, any of the techniques, none of the techniques, because healing is. Techniques are ways that help us find our balance like training wheels help us find our sense of balance on a bicycle but the only gift the main gift of the training wheels is learning the bicycle you're not here to master the bicycle with training wheels you're here to master the bicycle and you cannot do that until Catherine. until when until you take off those silly training wheels and they're not silly some are good um some people use them and need them some don't it's the same in healing. It, our techniques help us find, come into touch, a balance and awareness with it. But then ultimately, we have to let them go. Because that's the only time we actually are no longer a master of healing techniques. But we are the presence of, the mastery of healing itself. We're not the seer or the seen. We're not the witness or the witnessed we are witnessing ourselves we're not the healer or the healy we are healing itself listen we are meditation itself we really are in the i am presence we disappear into what deepak Chopra or others will say the gap we don't know we're in the gap until we come out of it when we stop the doing we allow ourselves to experience being. So you are meditation. But when we try to meditate, we're in the doingness of it. We're trying to get there, trying to get there, trying to get there, trying to get there. And all of a sudden we find, oh, I'm back. I must have been in it. Yes. When we just allowed ourselves to be. So if we were going to look at, I know you you like to ask at a time, what are the you know, three things we can share with the audience. I'll, I'll just dribble a few out as we talk. How's that? One of the first empowering gifts I think we can look at playing with is every time we use the word try or even think the word try, replace it with allow. And we get to discover who we are. Healing is really the revealing 
of who we are to ourselves. And in that, we are, we become a fuller, more present light. And we can't be that in our own lives without being that in everyone's lives. So we become that light more and more for everyone and everything in healing. You know, I had, oh, I'm going to share something with you because I, I think I, I wrote it down here somewhere. Let me see. I love this expression. I've, um, Jillian, um, my partner and I, we, we facilitate as everyone who learns reconnective healing can facilitate distance sessions. So I had a beautiful distance session. One of them that I facilitated today, someone in France, um, an Asian woman, and she was describing it, you know, because usually often people say, you know, I wasn't awake. I wasn't asleep. I, I was somewhere more real. She said, the experience, her experience was like, sorry, my eyes, I'm reading it here. The experience is like a transparency sandwich. I can feel the front of it. I can feel the back of it. Yet there's no form. It's like a night sky without light. I'm, I'm there, but I'm not there. I am, but I'm not that little I. I mean, it was just so beautiful the way people describe this. So healing is a revealing of ourselves to ourselves. That is the doorway. That is the portal. That is the portal. And we're saying, yeah, but I want a healing. I just want my symptoms to go away. Then take an aspirin. Sometimes it's quicker and it's definitely a lot cheaper. You know, but if we're looking for healing, we don't focus on the symptoms or the diagnosis. There is no reason to. It's beingness where we all allow ourselves to exist in that gorgeous awareness of the oneness that we are and everything is fine. So when we facilitate healings, like a distance healing, like that one, for example, was in France and I'm about an hour outside of Chicago, I'm not sending a healing. You learn, you're not sending a healing any more than you're doing a healing. You're not doing, you're being, you're not sending, you're receiving. So how is my receiving then getting to someone halfway around the globe? Well, when we realize that like ripples and waves and water, we are all one, we're of one beingness, then my receiving becomes your receiving. Your receiving becomes the receiving of the people you love, the receiving of the people you really like, and even the receiving of the people that you don't care for one little iota. Because everyone and everything, even everything, is love, is being, is one. And people go, well, I don't know. I want to learn a technique. I want to learn to move my hands in this direction like this and visualize this and count these numbers and do these things and wear these crystals and... You can, you know, and people don't do that only in the energy healing world. We we do it everywhere. I mean, we're, people who become doctors and nurses and physical therapists who know that early on, what they really know is that they're healers. They know, we know that we're healers, but then we look at society and just as we get drummed into our heads with lots of shoulds and shouldn'ts, Tens and can'ts, you know, okay, well, I know I'm a healer, but for me to be 
acceptable in society, I better find an appropriately recognized costume. I guess I'll wear a white jacket and a stethoscope or people who really want to go, you know, into a, into a energetic metaphysical world go, well, I think I better wear a lot of tie dyed chiffon and, uh, you know, pyramid hats and wands and, all these things, and they're nice for decoration, but the point is the degree to which we wear the costume is inversely proportionate to the degree to which we recognize that we are the healer that we are. So am I wearing jewelry? Sure. This ring was jewelry. It was Jillian's. This bracelet was a birthday present she got me once. This other ring she bought me somewhere else. And Do I have some nice crystals at the house? Like, like you know... Like you may, of course, do I have Buddha here and there because of the peace and the presence of it? Of course, but the moment, the very moment, I feel that this ring makes me better, that this piece of jewelry protects me, that this enhances my ability to heal is the moment. That if I know what's good for me and everyone else, I need to give that shit away. And I need to give it away without telling someone else what it's supposed to do for them because then I'm poisoning them with just the reason that I'm freeing myself from it. Give it away. Say, here's a beautiful crystal. I thought of you. Hope you like it and let it go. We can't give away too much. The more we give away, if we try to give away everything and then something more, we'll find there's one thing we can never give away. And that's our essence. What do you think facilitates healings? You think it's our intentions? All we can intend is what the limited human conscious educated mind can allow itself to think of. And the best we can be is maybe getting close to that or less than. But what if we let go of intention? What if we allow that perfect orchestration of that which is? What if we just allow ourselves to be witness of that? Then we find that we are experiencing, sharing, receiving healings beyond which, beyond anything we could have thought of. Wow. I talk a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, this very much resonates with me, Dr. Eric, um, or Eric. I'm not too sure which one I should be using because it is a practice I've been practicing. So I, I get the whole, and I love the fact that, yes, I do have crystals, Uh and for mm. no reason other than I like the, the 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 zing to it, the vibration, that's all. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. You're giving your power away by saying this crystal will protect me when really there is no need for protection. But I am curious because in this three years, I've been really practicing acceptance and surrendering. And the three things I have been practicing is non-judgment, non-resistance and non-attachment it's so hard though it is really to just be and not do when you have been so conditioned to doing it's one of those things that in itself is a practice um, because the ego does come and step in and judge and 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 create resistance and you know and to be the observer of oneself of 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 the great the, the the being that we are, that in itself takes practice. So what's the trick? 
how do we do it so we make it so and I, it's it's like it's almost like me asking to give us a uh, something to do right which is kind of counteractive to what you you were talking about but is this something that you still uh sometimes dance with or does my ego show up do i have to buy it and does my ego show up do i have to buy an extra ticket when i go to the movies here's a ticket for jillian a ticket for me and a ticket for my ego it'll be over here on the right hand side of course ego shows up ego it's not as if you know, whoever you believe in is that infinite God or being was working over the creation of the human being, accidentally dropped something in and went, oh, crap, I'll never get that out of the human being. You know, I mean, it's it's not a mistake. It's a teaching tool you could look at. It's a learning tool to learn balance and being with a look without some degree of ego. We wouldn't try to excel in our own fields. You know, you wouldn't be you know, saying this is how I'm going to present gorgeous, you know, inspiring podcasts. You go, oh, who cares? <laughs> so um, it's allowing for the balance of it. I listen, sometimes it's just always really, it's just staying conscious. I mean, we are consciousness. We, we are, um, consciousness we are being we are we are and yet listening to people speak on this is a nice help it's a nice reminder it's a nice way of shining lights a light i i jillian and i enjoy listening to rupert spira who is just an incredible you know he doesn't like to be called a teacher friend, but he's a teacher too on this subject or Eckhart Tolle or Muji or, you know, there, there, there are wonderful people um, who we all need to listen to people and share. I had a gift of an experience, you know, I, you know, I, I told you the story of, you know, when I went home and when I came, I look, it was like this. I went home one night thinking I was a doctor. I came in the next day and I was something else. You know, my parents told me I was something else. This is not what they were thinking. So it sort of revealed itself. It made itself clear to me. And yet that's what we're here to do, to reveal ourselves to ourselves, to be in recognition that everyone is special and therefore no one is special. Um, when one of the challenges to overcome in teaching reconnective healing and, and um, our partner who um, is based in um, Italy and Switzerland right now called Reconnective um, Academy International, they put on our training programs for us around the world. Um, you know, but when I started, I started in a, a basement or gym closed at night, a small little place. And, and I really started at a place called the Learning Annex in Los Angeles. There were five different locations in the US. And they said, come teach us. I said, I don't know how to teach us. I worked on all the notes I could possibly think of. And even while I'm in the car, 
on the way over. I remember I had a little convertible and the wind was blowing and I'm scribbling down little notes. Oh, I should tell him this. I should tell him. I got there. I looked at these 25 people. I had one massage table. I looked at my notes. I looked at people. I looked at my notes. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So I just said, here it is. Here's the story. This is it. Here's what it feels like. One person lie down, one person stand here, feel this, do that. I thought, am I igniting people? Is it becoming entrained with them? That was the languaging that we heard from the healing things. And that's the way it appeared to me, but that's an illusion. Now, before we balk at the word illusion, illusion does not mean what we think it does. An illusion does not mean it's not real. If you and I were driving down a long stretch of hot road, highway, something during the summer, and we had a couple friends in the back seat, we looked way ahead of us, we might see a mirage of water, right? Have you ever seen that? Okay. All of us say, oh, you see that? You see that? Yes. So we see it. The illusion is real. When we get to it, it's not water. An illusion is not something that isn't real. It's just something that isn't what it looks like it is, isn't what it appears to be. So we make up all these reasons why healing should work, and then we have all these fears around it, you know, and then we start having to protect ourselves from the illusions that are our fears. So we shake off negative energy, we spray ourselves down with alcohol, we, we pull up coatings, we cover ourselves with flames, all sorts of different things. Every time we protect ourselves, what does that bring us into a consciousness of fear? And fear begets more fear. So then we add a new protection and a new protection and a piece of jewelry and another wand and this, that, and the other. Does healing reside in fear or as love? Are fear and love opposites? Maybe not necessarily. Maybe fear is just the absence of love or the absence of the recognition of love in that moment. So what I enjoyed with that first 25, the group of 25 people was saying here, feel this, see this. One of you lie down on the table, one of you stand up and their bodies would involuntarily move and all these things would happen. And by the end of that afternoon, I'd released a group of 25 new healers onto an unsuspecting planet. Let's just say uh, the person answering my phone at my chiropractic office couldn't handle it. And I had to go out and buy my very first computer. One of the toughest decisions in my life was going back and forth between all the arguing between Mac and, and PC until someone said to me, but you're a Mac person. I went, yeah, that's right. I'm an Apple guy. And there I went and there goes everything. And, and, you know, now free books and countless training programs later, um, it's different, but you know, in the first book, I told you it was called The Reconnection, the Hay House book. And I explained it as it appeared. I told the story of my mother dying while giving birth to me and coming back to life after a life after death experience. Talked about how to do it. I followed the 
um, the way the, the um, publishing house wanted me to explain it. I gave basic how-tos because I didn't know enough to know that there isn't really a how. <laughs> and people are coming to our seminar saying, well, if there's no how in the training programs, when I go to learn reconnective healing, what am I learning? Well, I guess we're really just revealing who we are. We're discovering the truth of the essence of who we are. And it's like, how does one lit candle light the next candle well i'm happy to ask the question how but you know it just is and therefore it is so my receiving is your receiving how do you receive a healing over there if i don't send it to you because my receiving is the receiving of everyone and what happens during the reconnective healing training programs i, I know there's going to be like somewhere between 70 and 90, I think this year around the globe, is that the healer that you are shows up and in witnessing yourself, your being, the question of how is simultaneously revealed to be ultimately unanswerable unless you're a big proponent of theories that are not provable because nothing can be proven only disproven anyway and it doesn't really matter anymore because once you know who you are it doesn't matter what anyone or anything believes and suddenly your presence is that healing you know i was watching a, a phenomenal show i don't know if you've seen it called the chosen have you seen that? Oh, All right. It yeah. it is it, it's it's um you think there's actually an app called The Chosen, but you can watch it on on whatever whoever we stream on on our television shows. And um and I'm not a religious person and I wasn't raised Christian anyway. I was raised Jewish, but I mean I I believe in spirituality. It is the first time I've really seen a representation of the story in the life of Jesus without any of the, um, you know, if you're not Christian, you're not quite this good. There's none of that. It's just love, what Jesus really taught before some of the churches got a hold of it. And, um, you know, one of the things, you know, people say, I've gotten virtually chased by people who were saying, you know, only Jesus can heal. And yet in, in John, whatever the number of the thing is, John, whatever says, Jesus says, these things that I do, you shall do. Now that doesn't irritate people. The next part of it is, and more, more than Jesus. Well, it's, it's, it's Jesus's words, supposedly. I mean, either you believe they're Jesus's words or not. These things that I do, you shall do and more. And it's okay, there it was. And then one day he says to his disciples, out and heal they're all looking at each other like how but it, there is no how and he doesn't answer the how and they do and they facilitate healings okay so are you any more or less of a human being than any of the disciples uh, if you can't bring yourself to go to compare yourself to Jesus when Jesus says these things I do, you shall do and more. If you can't even 
go that far. Are you any less human than any of his students, his disciples? If they're facilitating healings and not knowing how, isn't that wonderful? But the mind, human nature, is so locked into fear. You, you know the expression, God-fearing, I'm a God-fearing you know, Christian or this, that, and the other. Do you know that that word fear, the original Aramaic or Hebrew of that word, fear was the base, lowest level you could choose to interpret that word as. I believe the word was nara. Do you know what the highest interpretation of that word is? The translation in English is? Love. Awe. A-W-E. In awe of God, human control factors decided to turn it into in fear of God. That was never said. It was never God-fearing. It was in, in awe, which is love and being. So when we're learning reconnective healing, we are recognizing being. So for the new book, Jillian and I wrote the book together. She sends her love. It's called The Direct Path to Healing, a trinity of energy, light, and information. And some people, some of the publishing houses, the, the, putting it into foreign languages, tried to change the word trinity. They thought it might sound too religious for some people. It's trinity. It's three. I mean, oh my God. Um, <laughs> it's a trinity of the energy that was here that expanded with reconnective healing and what science measured and, and interpreted as light and information. So it's a, it's a trinity. Well, I could call it a trio, but then it might sound like a musical band. So um, the direct path to healing because there is no path. We don't need to take a circuitous route for 12 months or 20 years. We can, we can, but it's only going to bring us back to you. How about if we're us now? There is no doing, but sometimes we just have to see and experience that being, that knowingness, to find out there aren't six million things to memorize or to know or to do right, which keeps us in fear of what if we do them inappropriately? What if we do them wrong? So my understanding of reconnective healing, because I'm sure our tribe are going to be very curious. So there is no specific technique it's just remembering or reconnecting with the greater part of who we are, our being. And then from us allowing and accepting healing with us heal others by just purely accepting the healing of what is. Without Isn't that just ridiculous? I mean, it's just too simple. It is very simple, but at the same time, trying to uh, get my head around the concept seems so easy, but yet it's because it's it's I guess non tangible. It's not. It's once once it's it's and once again, it doesn't have to be tangible because I'm creating unnecessary boundaries and and construct. But it's really interesting, interesting to. So the, the way that 
that the reconnective healing is, is just to open up to who you are, remembering who you are. Is that right? And so this is where the... the but the, not the, cerebrally, but yes. No, just, just in the heart. You drop into your heart and just be with what is. But surely after doing, let's say, the reconnective healing experience, we, we do the, the, the program and then it is then a matter of... Are you of talking us- about learning? learning it or are you talking about having a session okay both okay yeah you you just let go and receive you just receive okay so then when you receive does that align our i guess because you know what we were talking about before it's like the attachments the trauma the stories the the things the baggage that we hang on to right and we create that as and we we feel comfortable because that is our identity but it's not. It's not truly who we are. But ego says that's who we are. So let's say we have a healing. Does this dissolve? And then do we have an awakening that takes place? Or do we then just a matter of observe what is happening and allow that to unfold in itself? Yes and yes. It's a glimpse of your infinite being. Okay. So as we said, we we have experiences, whether it's the experience of, you know, being annoyed at someone who's cut us off in traffic or whether it's the experience of, you know, anxiety or whether it's the experience of being a human being. Experiences are finite. And to experience the infinite being that we are, because it's an experience of the infinite, it is finite. So each time you have a reconnective healing experience, and there are many reconnective healing facilitators, you know, throughout Australia, um, you know, or or again, you know, with Australia, we know with the health situation such, you probably would enjoy distance sessions. So that's why we do them all around the world. Um, I was going somewhere with this. The experience of the infinite is, as we say, is what we call a glimpse. And each glimpse brings about a series of ongoing glimpses. And each time you have a reconnective healing experience, you have that really deep glimpse. And then again, a series of ongoing glimpsing, and you start to carry yourself in your life differently. You experience it more as love and ease and peace and joy. You know, it's not one of those, I am love and peace, and there's no more laughter. For God's sakes, have some fun. Go out and have a shot in a beer or something, whatever you want. You know, I mean, live, you know, in balance. And yet you are that love and essence with a sense of humor, but you're that love and essence and beingness. And it's not as if things don't still come into your life and annoy you or bother you. It's not as if there are no longer stresses. It's not as if you're not breathing less than fully healthy air in congested cities. It's it's not as if those things don't exist, but they don't get you down to that same degree. Or for so long, you more easily 
let them go, let them go and, and interact. That's part of our learning here. But the way the reconnective healing experience here reveals it to you is it just reveals itself. Revealing you to you, it's sort of like walking outside on, on you look up and the sky is gray. And you forget the sky is never really gray. The sky is always blue. But sometimes some gray clouds float in and you're there long enough and you see they float off. And, oh, the sky's been blue the whole time. And you find that all of these experiences have been our gray clouds. And as we recognize that, they're just not there in the way that they were. So, you know, you know that holiday dinner with your mother-in-law or whoever becomes a whole lot more enjoyable and you even find that there's a different level of love there that you hadn't allowed yourself to see and you've been blaming it on her healing is different i mean real healing with reconnective healing relationships change um your children become interested in what you have to say when before they 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 didn't want to give you the time of the day um people at work who are always getting in your way are now supporting you Finances change and expand for you. Finances, your your love life expands in, in that different way. And, and things change that you don't even anticipate. I'll tell you something kind of funny, which is um, I started noticing this in the beginning, going back to the beginning for me is like in the late 1990s, mid 1990s, people were coming in and, and women who were athletes or had other things not functioning in their systems, either 14 or 28 days, don't ask me why, sometimes 14, sometimes 28 days, started having their cycle again after they weren't having cycles again. People who weren't able to get pregnant could, as one of Jillian's stories that she loves is someone came into our training program who um, was trying to get pregnant and she hadn't been for the longest time and her sister had lots of kids and everything. And then we go to another training program. I forget Germany, where we were in Europe. And they're both there again and they come up and one of them, she's smiling and she's beaming because she's pregnant. And the other one is glaring at us. It's her sister who is glaring at us because she is pregnant and she did not want to get pregnant. So, you know, I mean, so many things change in the life. One woman, um, one man or a woman came in and she said, you know, she was ready to get married and, um, She's had depression all of her life, all of her life, but she's been functionally depressive. She's been able to take meds and function through it. And after the training program, she felt a hole. She didn't know what it was. It was where the depression had been, but she wasn't really happy with it because she felt so much like something was missing and she didn't know what to do. And she didn't know if she ever really knew what love was. She wasn't sure even about getting married, which of course she did and found it. But you know, so there are some things that we so much think we don't want and they become such a part of us that our healing sort of makes room. But if we let go, then we find it's filled with something far beyond what we were thinking of. That's why sometimes when we come in saying, this is the healing, intention healing, trying to have an intention and bring about the healing we intend is specifically putting it into a box of the limitation of what our mind can think of. And as we said earlier, the most we might get is what we're really trying to get. But oh my God, let go and see, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get the healing you're looking for. But if we're truly there, 
we're going to receive a healing we haven't even dreamed of, one that the universe has designed for us. This is reconnecting with our being. This is the direct path to healing because the healings tend to happen fairly immediately and they tend to be lifelong. So as we move into the the newer book, um, the, it's only been out for about eight weeks, I think, on Amazon, The Direct Path to Healing, there is a revealing of a new way to see what healing is. Again, truth is truth is truth. It doesn't change. Healing is healing. Reconnective healing is reconnective healing, yet our understanding of it just opens up our beingness in such a way that we can't help but receive healing and be that healing light for everyone and everything in knowing that it's a gift of our shared being and that we each are everyone and everything. And again, yeah, the biggest challenge is the simplicity of the whole thing. Eric, it sounds like having an ayahuasca trip without taking the ayahuasca and having a spiritual <laughs> awakening, remembering who we are. And I think we all need to experience the reconnective healing experience uh, for us to really get uh, uh, an understanding. I mean, for me, it's like I get a glimpse of an understanding and then I'm thinking, oh, but how does that work? Do, do, does Because there's a lot of surrendering, a lot of letting go, of control, a lot of, you know, so I feel like once you've had this experiencing, there isn't, you crack open an, an awakening that's taking place and thus you look at things very differently. So rather than react to things, you would respond to them in a different manner. You know, there's a way to, um, there's an easy way to sort of feel the guiding into it between you know the, the the first book and the the newest book the third book um there is a second book called solomon speaks on reconnecting your life and that's some of the material that came through our patients when they would lose consciousness but that's another story um but there's something online um what's called the online level one course it's called the portal like the doorway the portal and it's about eight hours with maybe an extra two hours available. Um, now, I'm not a person who can, you know, who's going to turn on and sit down in front of my computer for an hour at a time, nonetheless, eight hours. So I wouldn't create a course like that. Jillian and I teach this course. And the way it is, it's like a an online buffet or a smorgasbord. You go in, you sit down in front of it. And there might be nine minutes on some philosophy. And there might be 12 minutes on some of the science that's reconnective healing is highly backed and supported by science. Now, science to me is a well-researched opinion, but we'll get into that another time. Um, then there are exercises. So we walk you through and you can find it. Then you can have another 10 minutes on this, another eight minutes on that. And all of a sudden the hour is over. You might sit through it all at once, or you might do it over a period of time. You go in the second hour, it's like going back to the buffet line. There's another eight more minutes of this and 12 minutes of that. And so, so you get to glide through it on your own, especially if you don't want to be interacting with people yet. Uh, before you learn live reconnective healing, um, what we call the catalyst in our training programs, you go through this course anyway. So you can start it now right in the comfort of your own home if you really want to. That's amazing. And we will have all of those links in the show notes uh, for our tribe. Now, I am very conscious of your time. 
And um, I could keep you on the show for hours because I just love listening to you speak and the way that you describe it so eloquently, so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the way that we love to wrap up our show is always love to ask our guests to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our tribe. And I know you left, you already alluded to one, but what would be like three uh, practical exercises for our audience? Well, I think the first exercise we kind of dropped off was replacing the word try with the word allow, even if it's just in our thinking. When we are, you know, um, I cannot think of this person's name. Oh, yes, I, I got it. I have it here in front of me. Um, Nisargata, I believe. Oh, no, no, no. It's someone else. It's, a, it's another person. Anyway, what he said was, whoever it is, this brilliant man. When a student asked him, Maharshi, Maharshi was his name. When a student asked him, when will I become enlightened? His response was, when you stop asking when. Because when we start, at least my interpretation of why, because when we are asking when, we are saying, don't know when is, but know when it isn't and it isn't now. So we have to stop asking when. And then that brings us to the challenge of recognizing ourselves. We are enlightenment. We are love. We are infinite being. Therefore, we cannot become that. Look at the things we're trying to become. Look inside and observe, maybe I am that. I like to feel. I'm I I I am a kinesthetic person. So for me, Catherine, want to play a game for a minute? I'd love to. Okay. Take one hand, open it like that. You don't need to shove it out the camera. I want you to be able to look into your own hand. So just on an angle. Yeah, that's good. Spread your fingers a little wide. And notice the sense in your palm. As you kind of stretch that skin tighter, you hold your fingers still, and I just want you to watch your fingers. You won't have any dead air time. Believe me, I'm a talker, as you know. Watch your fingers. Hold them still. I can see from here that you're not doing a good job at holding your fingers still, are you? Look at your index finger. Look at your middle finger. Are they absolutely still, or are they moving? No, they're moving. They are, huh? Here, maybe I'll move my hand a little further away from the camera. Oh, moved larger, didn't it? I am feeling a sensation right in the center of my palm. Uh-huh. As I kind of play and move my fingers a little and stretch away, what happens to that sensation? I feel almost like a tickle in my palm. It's getting a little stronger. Look how your fingers yeah. are stretching back. Your middle finger mm -hmm. is pulling. Okay, so you can let go now. And I'm sure a lot of people have played with us for just that moment. 
I'm here near Chicago. You're in Melbourne. What's happening? It's, I'm not sending anything. I'm receiving, but we're all one. Mm -hmm. Everyone watching the show is experiencing that. When we, when, when reconnective healing facilitators, um, facilitate healings via distance, like Jillian and I do the, the way we teach it's, you know, the, the, the old thinking was, Oh, we need to be in person. We need to be close. Actually, this opens up something far more powerful because it dissolves the illusion of separation. Reconnective healing dissolves the illusion of otherness. Otherness is where fear comes in, where negativity comes in. When we don't realize that we're one with someone else, we don't always treat people at the highest. You know, God, when the internet became big and everyone was so abusive to everyone else because they didn't know who they were. And when we found out that it was that person next door who we really liked, but they were using a different name. I mean, otherness breeds contempt and fear. The illusion of separation does not necessarily bring out the highest of who we are. So it doesn't bring out the highest in who we are. And what does that have to do with healing and being and allowing the planet to truly blossom as love. So yeah, yeah, you're right. We we could talk for hours and I'm very, you know, much enjoying this conversation. Very, very happy to chat with you another time. And or you might want to have a nice talk with Jillian at some point. Because I would love to have she, you back. She is show. part of the mastery behind the direct path to healing. I would love walk. that. I would love that. It's it's such a fascinating topic, and yet it's it's one of those things that there is a, a like you know inside of there's an understanding that's like finally, but then your mind gets in the way. It's like trying to really understand and unfold what's really taking place here, which is amazing. And I even like the, the fact that you use the word try because try insinuates that we can't do, or asking uh, when. Am I going to be enlightened? It's, it's insinuating that you're not. So I love the right. fact that even and trying is also effort. Yeah. Yeah. Trying is trying. Oh my God! Don't you get tired of that? Anything you have to try, you can't sustain. You can't yeah. sustain forever. And thinking, the mind gets in the way. It sounds like a song title. The way you said it, the mind gets in the way. Um, you know, that's often what we do with intuition you know picture this spectrum there's thought 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 here and there's instinct here and then there's the mind and the ego that sort of clouds that instinct and so we call it intuition my intuition tells me because I'm very intuitive, you know, you see all the ego builds in and we start out thinking our gut knowingness, the instinct that we are. Healing is. We don't have to think about it and find the best way for it to be. Just the witnessing that we are is the gift. People say, well, if the healing's supposed to happen, why are you needed? 
I promise you God doesn't go, oh, I remember your healing over there. Where's that Dr. Pearl when you need him? No, we're invited in as a gift to observe that which is, that's so cool. It is very cool. Very, very cool. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of people doing the online and love to see you face-to-face. And like I said, I'd love to have you back on the show and Gillian on the show. It was one of the most inspirational conversations I've had in a very long time. So thank you so very much for your time, your energy. Uh, We'll have everything in the show notes. But where is the best place for our tribe to find you? Where do you hang out the most? Um, you mean a website? Well, I don't know. Some people are on what? YouTube or some people are on Instagram on a daily okay. basis. So, so um, we do, um, and, and I think it's new notes. I do um, an Instagram. Well, I do it U.S. United States Wednesday mornings. So um, you'll have to find the right time for the UK or do replays. And then we have something called um, the Reconnective Life Community, RLC, where we've got gatherings every Wednesday a little after that. And sometimes it's conversations on um, anything related to healing and being in the world. And every other week it's conversations on um, our middle book, Solomon Speaks on Reconnecting Your Life, which is the material that... um, over 50 of my patients started channeling in and I held on to that material for about 20 years until I finally got brave enough to say, you know, it's just so good. I can't let my ego and fear of what others might think get in the way of putting it out. So I thought they're going to think I'm crazy channel material, but I can't lie about what it is. So it's called Solomon's. So the three books are one, the reconnection, heal others, heal yourself Two, Solomon speaks on reconnecting your life and Three is the direct path to healing. You have to read it backwards. You don't really, but that's the way it looks in the camera. The direct path to healing, a trinity of energy, light, and information. Um, I think that's only on Amazon at the moment. Um, And then there's the portal to play with and come join us at our gatherings on YouTube or Zoom or not. Yeah, there's things on YouTube too. It's all of it. We're all over the place. Love it. Listen. Listen, I hope you like it. I hope you like it because the fact is once you experience it, once you experience reconnective healing, you are forever changed. (laughs) There's no going back. So enjoy it. I can't wait. I am definitely going to look into it and I can't wait to get started. I just cannot thank you enough, Dr. Eric Pearl, for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom with us in such a way that is palatable digestible yet i know i'm still my mind is getting in the way here trying to go trying to make sense of it all but when i drop into my heart i can feel it so thank you so very much for your time and your energy today you've been amazing you are amazing thank you Catherine. it was an honor to be on your program look forward to next time me too thank you so very much Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, 
please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.